Prepare, respond, serve. This is the Five Stone Podcast, where the Five Stone Pro Staff brings you years of real-world professional experience from the front line. Let's do this. We are back finally again. This is your Five Stone Podcast, Prepare, Respond, Serve. I want to first start off and apologize to the people out there who have been waiting for uh, more releases from us. We have started something that's a very big venture here at Five Stone that has really kind of uh, taken uh, all of our time, which is our Five Stone Frontline Coffee. So this is a Kentucky Proud all locally fresh roasted coffee, gourmet coffee that we started to help raise funds for first responders. We've been able to donate to the uh, Kentucky Brotherhood Ride and for the Fallen Heroes of uh, 2020. So it's been a really good uh, venture for us and a way for us to reach out and to give back uh, to those people that serve us every day. And um, so it's taken a lot of our time, so I apologize um, if you have been waiting for podcast releases. We just have not had time to get that done with everything else that we're going. But now we've kind of got it up off the ground, taken off. We're coming back at you with some podcasts. So if you guys are interested in some Five Stone Frontline coffee, let us know. We ship all over the United States, and uh, we've got several orders coming in, and uh, it's working really, really well. So it's amazing, legit, really good coffee. Today on our podcast is going to be uh a special character i don't want to call him a friend because he's kind of weird but uh a special character by the name of chris wilson chris is one of our five stone pro staff who is a good friend of mine dear friend of mine who has uh, been literally in the trenches with me and with our videographer here uh, blake sherlocky with river right productions and Chris has been there through us and been friends of mine for, man, I don't even know, probably going on 17 years now, I guess, 18 years. Been good friends. We've trained a lot together, done a lot together, and uh, it's an honor to have you on the Five Stone Pro staff. And I want this podcast to kind of be a get-to-know-you kind of podcast so people out there can know who you are, your background, kind of what you bring to Five Stone, but what you really bring to the community and people that maybe want to seek some training because you have got a lot of experience that a lot of people in this world just don't even have. And so it kind of brings you to the table and brings some light. So uh, go ahead, man. Introduce yourself and tell us all about you. Hey, man. <clears throat> I appreciate you uh, giving me the opportunity to, to talk on the podcast. Um, you know, I'm not, I never really consider myself anybody uh, special per se. I just have an interest that can't be quenched. So I've, I've gone different places and sought different trainings and um, did all the things that people say you can't do. And I uh, have had some really great instructors and really good friends that have taught me all the things that I, I currently know. Um, but, you know, I'm born and raised here in Kentucky, right in the middle, if you can't tell by my accident, uh, <laughs> accent, right in the middle of South Central Kentucky. So uh, I was thinking more like Boston. Right, yeah, yeah, no, I have cousins in Boston. <laughs> Shout out to Boston. Um, but, yeah, just, uh, you know, just a home homebody, a, a Kentucky boy. Um, Doing what we do here, man. I mean, you know. No, 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 I wouldn't even go there. Doing what we do. So we don't run ultra marathons. (laughs) (laughs) That's not what just your normal South Central Kentucky boy does. You don't just go run 50, 60 miles at a time. That's just not normal. Uh, What we do is typically normally not like going out and living under a tarp for days and surviving in the middle of the wilderness with nothing but a pocket knife. So that's normally not what we do now. 
as men, that's what we would like to be known for. That's what we should be. But doing. you took it upon yourself. Yeah. So I guess we kind of the, the the audience kind of gets to know you as as a as a whole rounded person, sure. right? So like, I got to meet you first um, working at the local emergency room. Right. I was a just newly graduated registered nurse working in the ER. I met you there. You were a tech and you were interested in, interested in just continuing your education, going on to be a nurse. Right. But you already had previous experience prior to that with fire rescue right ems at the time it was uh they just called it rescue so it was the rescue portion and then ems was was combined and then fire was its own entity you know in most big cities and well actually most of the country fire and rescue are one and then ems is its own entity but uh here in camelsville at the time it wasn't that way uh, i had a lot of good people that that, that poured into me uh, early on uh, one of my gym instructors uh Miss Grover is what we call her. Miss Perry Warren is her uh, real name. You know, she noticed early on that I had a a certain type of um, attitude and skill set, and that I was uh, driven, I guess. And and so she spurred me in the direction of fire rescue, or well, I'm sorry, at the time it was rescue. Yeah. Uh, she had a lot of connections with the chief uh, of rescue at the time, uh, Chief Charlie Shaw, who's also uh, somebody that that poured into me, his, him and his um, son Scotty. Yeah. Probably kind of uh, responsible for the way I view um, structure and the way I view uh, discipline, discipline, yeah, yeah. and and just being ready all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I had a little bit of EMT experience going on then too. I, um, I basically went through their recruit class um, at, when I was in high school. So mm-hmm. when I graduated, I basically got my EMT license, uh, jumped right on a truck, and started. You know, that's so how old were you? About what, 18, 18 19 years I, old? I mean, yeah. I couldn't technically be an EMT in the state until I was right. 18. So, literally, when I was eight, 18, I remember driving to Frankfurt to get my license so that I could be on a convalescent truck because that's that's awesome. You know, you started yeah. with their organization, you started from the ground up yeah. and, and worked your way into a, you know, a rescue spot. So, yeah. uh, that's that's what I did. Then you really kind of got into fire side a little bit more, too, didn't you? Uh, the fire side didn't. Uh, we didn't fight fire then. We did. Uh, we did rescue then. So all your special ops stuff was done then. I wasn't. Okay. I wasn't um, uh, able to be on the team because I just hadn't tried right. out and I hadn't been there long enough. And yeah. they back then. And I may be wrong on this, Scotty Shaw. So don't shoot me. But um, I think back then you had to be on on for two years uh, as either part time, full time, or they had volunteer. Gotcha. And then you could apply to get on the special ops, and they were, you know, they were pushing the line back then, even yeah. for the for this area and for this small town. So, but yeah, um, but I, I basically uh, some uh, political hands uh, changed there, some political winds changed, and kind of saw the writing on the wall as as the organization went. Yeah. So I I got out, <clears throat> decided I'd go to nursing school instead. So, yeah. so. Uh, but yeah, started. Uh, so you progressed from doing that and being a tech in the ER to going to nursing school, right? To eventually becoming the emergency room director, you know, at at that hospital there. And yeah. during all this meantime, too, you took it upon yourself for some reason to start running, and you just never wanted to quit. So right, right. for the audience, I I don't know if many of you all are familiar with what it takes to even. So you're gonna run a 5K or a 10K or whatever it might be, half marathon or right. full marathon. 
it takes so much training and preparation and diligence and drive and focus and studying and research and knowing your body and having that discipline to, to, to feed your body that fuel that it has had to be sustained for that. And that probably, a lot of that probably for you came from that discipline that you're talking about with, you know, Chief Shaw and, yeah. and Scotty, you know, of, of getting you ready for right. that. Because right. then... You, your first one of your first big runs, you're like, hey, I want you to go with me and be my 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 yeah. what, crew or whatever. My crew, yeah. And I'm crew. like, oh, okay, I don't even know what I'm doing. All right. And so you're like, okay, I'm gonna go run 50 miles. I'm like, well, that's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> and right. you're like, I'm gonna run 50 miles. I'm like, well, where where are you running at? In the mountains of West Virginia. I'm like, this just got more stupid. And like, I'm supposed to crew you. Know, I don't know what I'm doing. So we researched, and I just did the best that I could. And you ran 50. What was it? It was 45 40, miles. Yeah, 40. It was supposed to be a 40 mile 40 race. mile, yeah. 45.67, yeah, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And you got 10th place. Yeah, we got 10th place. Which is ridiculous. Now, and the thing about it is only 15 people actually finished the race, so. that Now uh, that says even more that 10, not uh, more than 15 people started. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> only 15 people even finished it. How know, many people started that, you think? Gosh, I don't was know. 150 or something? I don't know. I want to say 100. Let's okay. just say 100. Yeah. I don't know for sure. It may have been less, may have been more. Yeah. I, I don't remember. I usually try not to look at crowd size because yeah. most of them are gone by the end of it. That's pretty awesome, though, man. When you come across that finish line, dude, I felt like I was running it with you, man. It was so awesome. All <laughs> well, your family was there and stuff. Yeah, and you it, were. You it was were. cool. Yeah. But and we and you know we started we trained you with martial arts back yep, you know right. what was sixteen years ago kind of got you started with some martial arts and stuff and you already had some training you got right. with us and taught us a lot about shooting and long range shooting and mm -hmm. some different crafts we'll sure. just leave it at that kind of and yep. you know and kind of went down that path and then I mean our path just kind of merged and we have just really just kind of taken off yeah in our yeah. skills um, you know. When I was young, growing up, I had a, a gentleman who, again, poured into my life. His name uh, Terry Gardner. Terry, I don't yeah. Think, I don't think he would mind me dropping his name. No, we love uh, Terry. Yeah, man. that's right. Uh, but you know, a very opinionated guy, uh, very driven himself. He was a local businessman, still is a local businessman. But uh, you know, he he taught me a lot about um, being prepared. Mm -hmm. uh, not caring what other people say just doing what you know you need to do yeah. and even right uh, you know even when others say it's not right you know it is you know following through on that taught me how to shoot uh you know growing up i wasn't uh I, my living situation growing up wasn't the best but uh my parents don't get me wrong they they provided and uh did the best they could i mean by leaps and bounds but uh, you know, as far as hunting and shooting, I didn't have that father figure that did that at the time. Now right. things, things have changed since yeah. then; it's gotten oh, better. But oh, he's he's done it with us now, oh, man. Yeah, yeah, that's he's right. Done his trapping and all trapping, that with us. That's yeah. right. But um, but yeah, Terry was the kind of the guy that I went to to uh, on the weekends. I went. His son Cody Gardner was my best friend, and uh, man, we you know that's where I learned how to make a ghillie suit. It's where I learned yeah. how to shoot. Uh, you know where I learned how uh, trigger control and yeah. long range shooting and tactical shooting a lot. And, uh, Terry's brother had some military experience. And so we, you know, we fed off of all of that. And, and yeah. so Terry always was big on, you know, you don't know what you don't know. So get in the books and figure it out go, yeah. go to a training, figure it out. So that's one thing we've always kind of done. We've always just fed off each other. Right. There's never been a, a competition. There's never been a uh, an arrogance about, oh, well, I got this and you don't got this. It's always like, hey, we're going to grow this together. Right. right. And through, and a lot of people don't realize this, you know, but through all these experiences that we've been put through in the past, like, yeah, I was a nurse, but then I was also became a federal officer. Mm. Right. Then I became a flight nurse and I was a nursing manager for a while, you know. Yeah. 
And all this stuff kind of led through to where we are, but it ultimately led us to a place that nobody ever thought that we would ever get to. Mm. You know, we train federal elite officer units. Sure. You know, the the U.S. Marshal Task Force, Mm -hmm. you know, came down and they said their stuff, we've never had training this good. Right. You know, and I'm not trying to to, toot our horn and brag. I'm just saying it's just amazing how all those paths you now come together at one time, that we were able to help those officers right. to get them trained for their high-risk situation they got to deal with. Right. And then one of your things really big was is survival, mm-hmm. you know, and I want to do a whole other podcast, you know, on survival, but, like, really what kind of made you go down that path? You know, like, what made you hit, like, it's just a calling or whatever it is, like, what got you to being so driven to, like, helping people become prepared? Because that's really what you push your right. lifestone. Right. Right. Uh, you know, it's 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 probably a collaboration of things, but um, I, I, I don't know where I exactly picked it up. But I, I knew I always wanted to be, I guess, growing up uh, the way that I did, um, I always felt unprepared. Uh, I never had anybody to show me how to deal with somebody that's getting loud in your face. I never knew, never had anybody show me how to start a fire. Uh, you know, we did a little camping growing up, but it wasn't unlike what I do now. Um, but... I never had anybody to show me that and for whatever reason and I don't know uh, who it was or or uh, at what point I can't point to a specific time and date but I decided that that I needed to have a lot more answers so I needed to be a, a basically a man for every season you know I needed to be the guy that that had the answers when it came to be time to do whatever and yeah. so i realized that a lot of the stuff i enjoyed doing was outdoors uh, a lot of it in high risk high stress situations and um you know i'll i stopped taking things for granted you know i stopped taking for granted that i would have an or i, I didn't want to take for granted that i had a knife or i would have a knife how do i how do i start a fire without it you know and, and that path and, and along with some love of history you know the native americans right. and special forces units and combat and and just really human history in general uh combined with all of that to to figure these things out that was kind of the kickoff um uh, around about the time that like david canterbury was showing up on the scene yeah, yeah. he had like an online course so i took it and it was kind of cool and uh he's in ohio i'm in kentucky so i uh, I, I don't you know as far as like actually learning much it was mostly what i call coyote, coyote teaching i think that's actually a tom brown tracker yeah um method so um shout out to tom <laughs> brown tracker, but not trying to take his right his, right his right but there. you know those were the books i was reading yeah. and, and those were the guys i was watching and training under and um you know it just flowered from there it's it's, it's i'm a rabbit hole diver you know and i want to figure out if we can start a fire with a lighter how do i start a fire without a lighter how do i start a fire with two pieces of wood and how do I start a fire with no bow drill? And, you know, yeah. how did how did they used to do it? And then, you know, once I know that, then the rest I'll build upon that. And when I got a lighter, it's a luxury, you know. Yeah. So that's kind of the way I've done all of my training. And, and you kind of pulled me into that with your survival stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like sure. I was the same way. I didn't have a dad growing up, father figure. So I would just, my dad was from Nova Scotia, you know, but it was like I just had this calling to always be in the woods. I had to be in the woods. I didn't know anything about the woods. I wasn't taught how to hunt, nothing. And I would just take myself as a kid and be like mom's like be back at dark right 
and I would just go to the woods. Yeah. And I'd stay all day long and just try to, like, figure stuff out. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's just like there's something about a special breed of people that just do that. Yeah. But when I got with you and I learned some skills, it was like, oh, man. You yeah. know, like this is – it's not difficult to learn. No. It's really not. It just takes the time, the dedication, right. and the willingness to be uncomfortable, like we talk about, yep. to put yourself there. That's right. But all those times that you did that helped you with Camelsville Taylor County Special Operations mm-hmm. with your fire rescue. Sure. All right, so you were awarded. Uh, is uh, it uh, special operator? Yeah. Uh, uh, I think I was uh, res- rescue technician of, of the, the, of the, the year, year. Yeah, yeah something like and, that. And you know, you did a lot for that team to help establish that whole survival side of things that they really didn't have before. You know, you did some training. You taught people the importance and maybe yeah. what to do in certain situations. Sure. Then, as the department grew, you know, we started reaching out and teaching other agencies, other counties all over the state. And the other people started coming in and started getting a chance to learn from it. So you want right. to talk more about the importance on not just as the general civilian would just be like, oh, well, hey, I don't need to learn survival because it's important in case I'm ever stranded. Because we take it more serious here in Kentucky because we're in this type of environment. Right. Somebody from the city may think, I don't need to know survival. Sure. But that's exactly the opposite. Yeah, it's probably But then you also take it on a level with Five Stone that your technical rescue training that you would offer to teach these teams, these specialized teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, they may not be thinking of it as far as, like, well, I've got a Mylar blanket, I'm good. Right, right. You know, because we are special operations. Right. So what's the real importance for that? Well, you know, we had a saying when I was uh, when I was on the team, uh, and it's still there, I'm sure. Somebody's probably wearing it on their uh, PFD, but uh, nobody's coming. It's up to us, you know, and that's the truth. I mean, we, we had a training uh, incident where... We called a mayday over the radio and nobody ever answered. Um, we go on floats and on rescue missions that last hours and days, not not you know two hours, one hour. You know, we're not putting out fires here. We're literally jumping on a boat in the middle of the winter and, and floating on a flooded river to go find somebody. Or right. or um, in one case, we searched for almost three months uh, for an individual. Um, and, and so we're a small team. Our resources are limited. Um, and there's a lot of us, a lot of different teams uh, around, you know, you get Louisville and Lexington and, and Bowling Green has a team and I'm sure there's some other teams out there, but, um, and I apologize if I forgot anybody, but, um, it's pretty obvious that anything could go wrong real quick and you could have all of your gear stripped from you pretty quick. You know, you flip a boat in, uh, in full on winter flow on Green River, um, and that boat's gone. Everything in it's yeah. gone. You're never going to get it back. Uh, you could swim all day. It's not going to happen. Yeah. And, and now you're cold and covered and, you know, shivering. And, and Lord forbid there be a victim in the boat with you when it happens. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, it's just one of those things that I see a gap that needed to be filled. And, um, you know, I had the skills to fill it. I didn't jump right in with two feet and go, hey, chief, I, I'm going to start teaching this. This is my second day on the team. But. You know, you just trick. I just trickled it in and uh, where I could, and and the guys knew kind of, you know, where I stood on things and what I was capable of, or at least I hope most of them did. And uh, so, you know, we started throwing it in, just kind of random. First, I think I did like a three-slide deal on uh, at a training with a, a neighboring department, and everybody really liked it. And so then we, you know, we bumped it up and. Uh, the team here, uh, Camelsville Fire Rescue Special Operations, they do a, a winter training. It's probably one of the most aggressive uh, swift water trainings, I would dare say, on the East Coast. I mean, I don't uh, – if you watch the videos, uh, you know, we're jumping in the water, and we're talking raging river at night 
with all with the pfd and a couple of lights you know and it's cold it's wet it's miserable um, so we started integrating some of that survival being able to start a fire having the right kit on you hmm. versus just having a bunch of cool stuff you found on youtube of what works what doesn't work because right. you know yeah. when you're soaking wet and you're in a, a dry suit and you got a pfd on and your patient has nothing on uh, for anybody that's any, plucked any bodies out of the water you know a lot of times the water's uh, it's powerful. It strip your clothes off. So, yeah. uh, so you know they might have a t-shirt, might not. You know who knows? But they're freezing to death. You got minutes, you know, to get a fire going to get them warmed up. You don't have time to, you know, exfil them back to, to base or you know to whatever to or to extraction a point extraction maybe. point for a helicopter. You don't right. have time. Um, and you know it played out a few times. There was a neighboring company or a neighboring um, team that they went out on a search. Uh, and ended up they didn't they were looking for an individual but in the meantime a kayaker had flipped their boat and and had gotten pretty hypothermic and they were able to utilize some of the skills and uh that's that awesome. i taught them yeah. and, you know warmed them up and it worked yeah. well but in all honesty if you're doing anything like that you've got to have a certain level of skill uh, you really don't have any business being out on on those type of missions without it and nobody was no. nobody was pushing it you know they might have a lot of the guys out on my team especially they had gone and done their own thing a few times but never as a as a whole and sat down and said yeah. this is what we need to do so um well but, it's real important you know i think that people understand that it, it's what you practice you know you can think you understand something like i was like i can start a fire who can right, start right. a fire yeah. Until you're like, uh, yeah, you can't use anything but this bow drill. And I'm like, yeah. months later, I'm like, I got some smoke. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know, well, there's a whole lot more to it. The saying goes, you know, you don't you don't step up in a uh, in a situation like that. You know, you, you revert back or fall back on your training. You know, yeah. you're never you don't rise to the occasion. Rise occasion. You fall back to your That's level right. of training. And uh, man, if you've never experienced gross motor movement um, needs and in, in a situation. It's not the time. It's not the time to be figuring out right. how to do something. Yeah. You know, so, and then you do tracking. You bring uh, man tracking to you know, to the to five stone and to, yeah. in that same situation. You know, yeah. and that's incredibly important in search and rescue. Yeah, right. state of Kentucky doesn't. <clears throat> state of Kentucky doesn't really recognize it as such, but um, it really should be. We yeah. we probably are more uh, responsible for losing people than the lost people are. I mean, we just grind over. Uh, spore and sign every single search and yeah. uh, I went to yeah I went to um, the nature awareness tracking school Rob Speeding school mm-hmm. over in uh, Virginia uh, one of the best weekends man just I oh, just love yeah. it ate it up ate it for uh, breakfast lunch yeah. and supper literally but yeah. man it was it was so good and and to come back and immediately be able to put that stuff into play you know i remember us tracking and it wasn't i wasn't even lead tracker but we were tracking a three-year-old kid through a creek you know and my guys were just they were on it man i say my guys I, i'm gonna my team is my team they always will be um, i'm not part of that organization anymore but my guys were on it dude we tracked so hard through that through that creek man and we got to a point where we we knew where we needed to go but command wanted us to come back and we still beat ourselves up over not taking that left yeah. turn man yeah. but yeah the, the the tracking is it's a lost art man it's going away quicker yeah. than uh, but, you're, like but you're bringing it back you're keeping it alive well, trying it's to, really man. important trying it to. really is yeah i mean basically even for your own family yeah you know what i'm saying to be oh, like yeah. oh hey you know, yeah. where's my kid at where's and you kid? see some trails some through some wet grass yeah. or morning dew or That's whatever right, it's like oh let's go that way you could literally save your family's life but 
Yes. All right, man. Well, uh, can you think of anything? But uh, you're you're a you're a madly insane drummer. I don't know. Uh, yeah, you can play, insane, and that's what's kind of crazy because, like, me and you and Kano, we're all play drums. It's just I don't know. I don't for something about the musical realm world, but something. I'm just gonna know. say it's a warrior mindset. I, I you guess know, so, drums are war. I don't know, but uh, something. Yeah, um, yeah, sure. yeah. You're, you're a drummer. You play uh, for the church, and uh, sure. amazing drummer, man. I you really appreciate are. That. I don't know um, about it. How amazing, but I appreciate uh, it. If uh, you got anything else we want to share, um, you know, just. It's time to it's time to prepare. You know, um, things aren't getting any better. They're not. They don't seem to be. And, and I, I guess we go through this about once every fifty years. But yeah. you know, I just really worry about uh, my loved ones in general. And I don't know. I know everybody else right. is too. Yeah. You know, it's not just me. It's and now's the time to learn while the grid's still up and everything's still good. You while know, you get the opportunity. While you have the opportunity. Seize the chance. Yeah, man. And. Uh, uh, we're ready and willing. People have become so complacent with just the comforts of life and our, our spoiled um, things that we have every day that we're just so used oh, to man. having. And yeah. it's just like, well, I'll never need it until it's gone and you don't have it and you realize what you need. But yeah. what are some things just we, we, we can go into our survival podcast here coming up. But like, what are some general things that people can do if you could just give a, a few basic things of like, hey, here's where you can start doing some research. Right, right. On some things to kind of start thinking through processes, maybe it's preparing your home, a vehicle right. or whatever. It's more than just living in a tent and starting a fire. Yeah, that's exactly right. There's a bunch of things. It's hard to narrow them down. But I'm going to say number one is you need to read a book or watch a video on, on some country that's just a crap hole somewhere. You need to understand that that's how quick it can happen. If the world ends tomorrow, the people of Afghanistan would never know. Yeah, kind of reminds you of Afghanistan here recently, That's exactly right, right man. Uh, yeah. And that's how quick it can happen, man. Yeah. It, it takes one boater to start an avalanche. 30 hours? Yeah. They're done. They're done. Yeah. Uh, so... Get yourself out of America and figure something else out. Talk yeah. to people that have been overseas. That's one of my favorite things to do is uh, at work. I'm a, I'm a nurse in a metropolitan ER. <clears throat> and one of my favorite things to do is to talk to people that aren't from America. Where mm-hmm. are you from? Well, I'm from Af- South Africa. Okay, cool. Well, you know, what's life like over there? Why'd you come here? And just listen to what they got to say. And it'll, it should open your eyes. If it doesn't, you're probably not going to survive the first 15 minutes anyway. So... <laughs> But it should open your eyes to what's going on. And so do that. And, and then you need to start, uh, you need to get to a good, reputable training of some sort. Right. You need a basic class. Uh, it doesn't need to be fancy. If they're trying to sell you a bunch of crap while you're there, find you a different class. It's not, the money making is not in the apparel and I got a cool survival bag. That's not where it's at. Um, the, the people should have a, uh, insane interest in teaching you how to survive right and if it's not about that then yeah. it's not the right it's not the right course and then after that you need to just start stocking and in, in, uh in in a some systematic way a way that you know obviously we can teach or whoever can teach there's multiple yeah. ways but you need a systematic way to start getting prepared for hey let's just say 72 hours hurricane sure. shows up i mean people along the coast are kind of <clears throat> Kind of familiar with that bomb hours. goes off yeah. at the AT&T building in right. Nashville and you lose communications for yeah, a week. That's right. Yeah. It can happen yeah. that quick, man. All it is is, you know, you need about four or five black swan scenarios to line up and, and that's that's it. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> but um, that'd be a good start. I'm not I, – I, I, the main thing is getting the training and then, and then understanding how to apply yeah. it. And that only comes through practice and yeah. time, you know. So, If anybody's out there that's interested in getting the training – 
Um, even if you're, you know, it's impossible for you to get with Five Stone, we legit care about this country and about these people. Go get it from somebody. That's right. If you're wanting good training and you've got the resources, the time to request a chance for to come and train with us or for us to come to you and yeah, train we'll come you, to you. That's no problem. Yeah, come okay. to you is the, the best they, part, man. That you is the best part, yeah. yeah. You don't have to leave. Yeah. You well, got got it all right there. Get a group of people together. Uh, we can we can go there and make this thing happen. But you get to learn from somebody who is so highly trained and experienced. It's really almost unmatched because he's got to do these these scenarios in real life, in horrible conditions, life-threatening conditions. Yeah. Your life has been grained and drilled working in extremely high stress and learning how to function under high stress. Mm -hmm. And if you get somebody who goes and takes a class from somebody and gets a certification but has never had to do it in right. real life, right. You're not getting that same level of instruction. That's why they want to come to us for defense training. That's why they want to come to us for medical training because yeah. it's like these guys, the five stone pro staff, do it every day. Yeah, sure. and that's kind of what separates us. You know, I'm not yeah. trying to do this as a sales pitch. It's just the truth. Right, if you can't right. get it from us, make sure those other people have that same credential. Yeah, make know, sure you have it. Make sure your instructor's hands aren't soft. Yeah, yeah. if they've been right. doing their work, their hands should be you know calloused, calloused up, up. Yeah, you know, in one way or the other, they can yeah. be metaphorical, but. Yeah, man, that's uh, that's what we're about. Good deal. Guys, check us out on fivestoneusa.com. Again, Five Stone Frontline Coffee. This is our coffee that we make specifically to raise funds for first responder causes. We need your support. This coffee can be shipped anywhere in the 50 states. A UPS, USPS, we can get this guy this out to you all. Yeah. Uh, we have all kinds of different roasts and flavors. It's all on the website. You can go to and check it out there. That's our way to to raise some funds for other people and to help us keep what we're doing going for you yeah. all. So check it out. Let us know if you want training, you want survival training, uh, tracking training, defense, medical, whatever, let us know. Chris has got you for your survival, and um, we'll be there for you guys. Anything else, brother? No, bro. Just uh, out. Prepare, respond, and serve because someday you will be somebody else's first responder. It's not always up to the people on the other end of the line. You will be somebody's first responder one day. So are you ready? That's the question. Thank you, guys. This has been a production of Five Stone and River Right Productions. Guys, I want to thank you so much for your support and time. And ask you to check out our very own gourmet coffee line, Five Stone Frontline Coffee. Guys, we take part of these profits and give it right back to the front line. That's what we're about here at Five Stone. We want to support those people who support us every single day. It helps to continue our missions on the front line here at Five Stone, and it helps to give back to the families of the fallen heroes that have served and sacrificed everything for you and for me. So when you have a cup of Five Stone coffee, you're not only having gourmet coffee, you're giving back, you're joining the mission, and you're helping us to serve other people. So by getting our classes, getting our materials, getting our frontline coffee, you're joining our mission, and we cannot thank you enough for your support in this. Guys, check us out at 5stoneusa.com. That's the number 5, 5stoneusa.com. That's where we're at, guys. The information we give you on this podcast is for informational purposes. If you need good in-person training, guys, reach out to us. We can come to you and help you with your needs. Guys, don't forget, prepare, respond, and serve, because someday you will be somebody's first responder. Your time is coming. Will you be ready to answer the call? If not, 5stone's here to help you become prepared to respond and serve. Thank you so much, guys. God bless each and every one of you. Train hard and be ready.